Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Would you like to know the real reason why clients pick certain service providers? I'm going to share with you today the four different reasons why certain people win more work. The four things that you need to address if you want to win more work in the market in which you operate. That's what I'm covering today for you on episode 77 of the show. It's CRE Success, the podcast. I'm the host, Darren Prokabiak. My job is to help commercial real estate professionals save time, earn more, and be top performers in their market. Thank you for choosing to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes with me to explore this topic. If you want to explore more topics, I've got a whole back catalog that you can check out. 76 other episodes are available to download. Go and get them in your phone now or wherever you listen to the podcast. CRE Success, the podcast in your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the episodes on our YouTube channel by searching CRE Success. Do subscribe to the channel while you're there as well and subscribe to the podcast, of course. And there is one episode in particular from our back catalog that I want to point you towards, which is episode 65. And it's called, Can You Win It? Do You Want It? Should You Chase It? And this episode is all about assessing the opportunity. So we need to decide if we're going to pursue work and not just chase every opportunity that comes across our desk. And that episode is going to help you do that. So check it out, episode 65 of the show. And assuming that you do want to pursue work, that you know that this is an opportunity that you can potentially win, that you do want to win and that you've decided to chase it, let's now talk about how you can assess how likely you are to win and what you can do to increase your chances of being successful. And I shared with you at the start of the episode that there are four reasons that determine who is going to win a competitive process. And this is a theory that I've tested with many people and no one yet has been able to tell me that there is a fifth reason. Sometimes people say, well, what about this? And we say, well, that actually gets covered under this area. So Let me know, by the way, if you think I've forgotten something when I'm sharing these four areas. The four areas are relationship. So relationship is one of the main factors which determine who is going to win a competitive process. The next one is your market position. So are you the market leader or are you seen as a credible alternative to the market leader in that market? This relates to your credibility, your experience, and also your track record. The third criteria is around your understanding of the brief or your specific understanding of the asset. And I'll talk to you about how you can improve yourself in that area, because I think that's the area where there is the most opportunity to disrupt uh, a marketplace where you don't have the relationship and you aren't in a particularly strong position in terms of your track record. And then there is the fourth area where you can cause a lot of disruption, but where I generally don't encourage people to focus on. And as I'm sure you can guess, the fourth area is price. And the way I like to think about this is imagine that you're a controller and you've got four levers. And usually if you've got the opportunity to pitch on work, 
one of those levers has already turned up high because things don't generally just turn up out of nowhere. So it could be that you've got a really strong relationship and that's how you got your foot in the door. But maybe you don't really have much of a track record in the market and you haven't done any work to understand the brief and price is, let's just put price to one side for a moment. So when I'm looking at an opportunity, I decide, well, okay, if I'm strong on relationship, what else do I need to do in order to improve my chances to win the work? So that's the way I want to sort of present today's episode to you. And sometimes you maybe have no relationship. So let's talk about relationship first. And relationship, I think, is important, but it's less important than it used to be. And in my opinion, it will continue to be less important relative to how important it was in the past. So I think relationship used to really count for a lot more and probably disproportionately was a factor versus the other three that I've mentioned that would determine who would win. And, you know, relationship matters because it's about your ability to work with the decision makers. It's about if they like you, if they trust you, if they feel comfortable working with you. But I think commercial real estate is increasingly commercial. And I know that there are people who sometimes rest on their laurels or rest on the strength of their relationship who are sometimes disappointed when somebody else comes and pursues the work and puts a lot of effort into demonstrating that they can do it and also proving that they have the superior track record. So Yes, we want to have a great relationship if we can, and we should always look to build stronger relationships with our prospective clients. But if we don't have a relationship when we're pursuing work, I think that that is not necessarily a reason to think that we're not going to win it. Because if we're really strong in the other areas and we do what we can to build rapport throughout the vendor selection process, then not having a good relationship from the start, or at least not having a relationship, having a bad relationship is no good, but not having a relationship that exists is something that you can improve. And you can certainly uh, do some things to mitigate the lack of relationship through the bidding process. So let's talk about now the second area, which is your market position. And this is related to your credibility, your track record, your experience, and your position in the marketplace really speaks to your ability to perform. And if you don't have a very good track record, because either that slice of the market is not an area where you typically do your work or because you're just relatively early in your career and you don't have a lot of experience, there are some things you can do to mitigate this. For example, you can produce track record which is adjacent, which is similar, which may still be relevant, but not exactly the same or as relevant as your competitors do. But just be mindful of when you are showing your experience and track record that you're showing things which are relevant to the opportunity. So if you're not already seen as the market leader, there are ways that you can close that gap if we're strategic with leveraging the track record of our companies of our colleagues, and also work that we've done, which is somehow relevant. And it could be relevant in a number of ways. It might doesn't necessarily have to be a similar sized asset right in that market. It could have a similar buyer profile. There could be other features which are relevant. So let's now talk about the understanding of the brief 
or your specific understanding of the asset. And this is the area where you have the biggest opportunity to make up ground, in my opinion. Because if you do your homework and you can demonstrate that you've got an ability to perform in this specific case by preparing a really great proposal, by really doing your homework and finding things out about what is important to them and what is going to be something which determines the level of success you can deliver and the outcome you can produce, then that potentially can set you apart from your competitors who might have a better track record or a stronger relationship. Because sometimes when people are already the market leader and when they already have a strong relationship, they may not spend as much time on the pitch. Now, not always, because some market leaders are market leaders because they don't leave anything to chance, but you do have potentially the opportunity to put more work into a proposal than people who seemingly have a stronger position than you. So the way to improve your position in a market, the most effective way, and the one where you can really crank up that lever is in this area, your ability to um, understand the brief or your specific understanding of the asset. Now, the final area is price. And price, your fee relative to others, is a lever which I don't like to move because I want to be able to demonstrate value without moving the pricing lever. That's a last resort. We don't want to be reduced to a commodity in order to win. Now, there are some times when you're kind of like a kamikaze pilot coming in and just thinking, well, the only chance I've got to do this is by buying market share and offering a really low price. And that is a strategy that sometimes can be used, but it, it, it should be a last resort. And I think that if you're only able to win projects based on your ability to offer the lowest fee, then sometimes you'll be attracting clients that want to work with service providers only based on their fee. So they could be lower quality clients and you may become also over-reliant on price in order to demonstrate value. So I'd always encourage you to try and demonstrate value by building the relationship, by improving your market position, or by doing more work on the brief. Now, the key here is to understand not what you believe your strengths and weaknesses are, but rather to get in the mind, if you can, of your prospective client, because it's their perception of strengths and weaknesses relative to your competitors that is going to determine who is selected in a process. So your opinion and the reality is often different to what the prospect sees. So your job is to influence the prospect's perception of your relative position in those four areas, the relationship, the market position, the understanding of the brief, and also your price. And I put price sort of stroke value. Now, if your chances are low based on this assessment, that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't pursue it. You might pursue work with a view to improving your relationship because that's a way for you to at least start to build the relationship. Now, if you've ascertained that it is a legitimate opportunity, then you've proven to yourself by getting to that point that you are in with a shot. It might be a long shot, but you're still in with a shot. So this process that I've just run through with you is all about helping you condition the market and improve your odds. I think you can make up a lot of ground, particularly if you've got 
competitors who don't see you as a threat or think they've got the job in the bag. So remember relationship, your market position or track record, your ability on this specific asset or ability to uh, deliver on the brief and also the price. And your job is to mitigate weaknesses or to augment your strengths as they are perceived by the decision maker or the prospective client. Now, if you like this little framework, and and by the way, do let me know if you think there are any other relevant criteria which I've missed or that don't fit into one of those four areas, because I want to know if I'm wrong. And I would love to learn from you if you think there is something that is also relevant. If you are making decisions about appointing service providers and there's a conversation going on that I've missed, um, please let me know. Uh, But if you find this helpful, this is one part of one module within Top Performer. So uh, within Top Performer, we've got one of the modules, which is called Ways to Win. And one of the sections is all about assessing the opportunity. And this is one part of that section. And I'm sharing that with you to give you an understanding of the type of material that we cover in this program. And if you think that this is the type of material that would help you gather the abilities, habits, and tools that you need to be a top performer in your market, then I want you to go to CREsuccess.co forward slash top performer. It's all one word because that's where you can register your interest to join our next cohort of top performer, which is coming up in a few weeks. I'm looking for a small group of people who would like to go through this material with me. And in just eight weeks, we're going to cover six modules that will take you from where you are right now to being in ability to really grow your market share and you'll have the confidence and competence required to be a top performer in your market. So go to CREsuccess.co forward slash top performer if that's of interest to you. I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.